Welcome to the Innovation in Government show sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to the discussion. My guest today is Bob Osborne, the Chief Technology Officer of Federal for ServiceNow. Bob, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Jason. Good to be back with you. Before we get started, let me set some context for our discussion. Agencies today have 117 choices when it comes to buying secure cloud capabilities. The Federal Risk Authorization and Management Program, or FedRAMP, says another 66 cloud services are in the process of receiving authorizations, while 18 others are in the queue waiting also to get approval. Additionally, there are more than two dozen agencies that have used more than 10 cloud services, meaning that their assessments, their internal assessments, are available for others to take advantage of. All of this further demonstrates the continued thirst for cloud services. And the confidence in the security means agencies are spending more money on cloud services. Bloomberg government recently estimated agencies will spend $6.5 billion on cloud services in fiscal 2018, which is 30% more than they spent in 2017, about $4.9 billion. And those figures only will increase over the next few years. So how can agencies take advantage of cloud in a secure way? How can they reduce the time it takes to deliver mission-critical services? Well, I'm glad that's why we have our guest here, Bob Osborne, the Chief Technology Officer of Federal for ServiceNow. Bob, I offered some initial details about FedRAMP and the, the success of FedRAMP. So let's just talk about security in the cloud. It's much different today than if we would have had this conversation three, five, seven years ago. Talk about why. It's really an important topic when any federal agency is looking at workload being shifted into a commercial cloud service provider. I think Matt Goodrich and the FedRAMP team have really done a great job in uh, normalizing the requirements and controls for the various security levels of FedRAMP. However, when we travel around and talk to many of the CIOs and and, uh, CISOs of the federal agencies, we find that there's still a, a big chasm between differences in understanding of what FedRAMP exactly provides and whether or not an agency is able to take advantage of reciprocity and honor reciprocity between certifications and uh, authorities to operate that have been awarded based upon the FedRAMP certifications of a particular technology and what that agency provides as far as a uh, security posture under the risk management framework. So, we're really looking at uh, normalization of those types of controls. Uh, we find that, that many agencies now are, are leaning toward requiring higher certifications. So where a agency might be fully satisfied with a FedRAMP moderate uh, certification level in the past are now looking at FedRAMP high to put any of the workload into the cloud. And what that means for most companies who are providing cloud service to the government is another investment cycle to get that additional certification, perhaps sooner than they had anticipated. But the the need is definitely there. We see an acceleration of moving workload into the cloud across the federal agencies, uh, including DOD. You bring up a couple interesting points there. Uh, Let me start with this chasm that you you talked about, because one of the things that FedRAMP, the GSA, that OMB has really pushed over the last three, four, five years is reciprocity. This idea that if agency X has approved ServiceNow for moderate level, agency Y should accept that approval and do some due diligence without a doubt, but not go through this entire process. Why is that so hard to get their head around still? It rolls back to the responsibility that resides within each agency, CIO and and chief information security officer, Uh, the responsibility that they have in writing for providing security around that uh, agency's data. 
So regardless of the certification of another agency, due diligence has to be applied by that agency before they authorize uh, to operate within that cloud service provider's uh, technology. So where FedRAMP provides for the commonality of the controls that are going to be provided and and certified to the level uh, that the technology has been awarded, the agency still uh, will review all of the uh, security framework uh, in the security plan, and then the uh, provisional ATO that is awarded through the FedRAMP program is then uh, formalized by the agency once that review is complete. So it's a really good process, I think, um, as we continue to refine it going forward and, and both agencies and companies that are providing services are more familiar with the process, it becomes smoother. I guess I want to put a finer point then on the question because if an agency is always expected to do their due diligence, I don't think anyone would want an agency not to, but I'll go back to a common a phrase of the 80-20 rule, right? If you can do 80% of that work up front and then I only have to worry about that 20%, that helps me in time, helps me in resources, it helps me in cost. Are, are agencies not doing that 80-20 rule or 70-30 or 85-15 or whatever you want to call it? Are they doing 50-50? Are they doing... 30-70, meaning they're going to accept 30% and do that 70% due diligence. Because the whole point of FedRAMP, as you very well know, is to reduce time to get to those services. So that's a great point. And you you kind of scratch at a scab on that because what we find is FedRAMP can be used as a barrier to adopting certain technologies. If an agency is less comfortable with moving workload into a commercial service provider, that 80-20 rule can be used to put a really fine green on reviewing the security plan and and authorizing that ATO and can drag that process out significantly uh, in order to uh, maintain status quo, for example. Uh, We've seen that in the past. Whereas agencies who are pushing for transformation, they really want to adopt new technologies. They want to take advantage of the promise of the cloud. They really look at the 50-50 rule. If uh, if 50% of what I'm trying to accomplish is good, I'm going to, you know, very rapidly put the additional scrutiny on the controls that are already documented and go forward. How many of your customers, how many of your clients are in that second group versus that first group? It's shifting. Uh, I would say when you and I first started talking about this a couple of years ago and uh, ServiceNow got their initial FedRAMP moderate certification, we it was more toward the 90-10 rule. Uh, in in uh, accepting the reciprocity of any agency. Now we find more, I would say, 70-30. So it is changing, and, and there's uh, that's due to a couple things. An acknowledgement of the partnership between uh, public and private industries, as well as familiarity with putting workload in the cloud and understanding the risk associated with that and, and being comfortable with controlling it in that environment and extending the agency's environment into an alternative uh, provider other than their on-premise capabilities. The other piece that you mentioned around the reciprocity is, is is understanding kind of what you're providing them. What's what's that level already? I want to talk about high, but uh, the high FISMA high piece. But before we do that, what do you tell your clients if they if you say to them, "Listen, we're already doing very something very very similar 
at this other agency. Go talk to that CIO. Go talk to that CISO. They'll tell you the level of security that we're applying. And then we can show you the documentation, but go talk to that person. Is that the best advice you can give? Or they still say, yeah, that's fine, but I need to check it out myself. And that causes that drag, that delay. Because when you talk about it used to be 90-10 and now it's 70-30, they, they, they trust you less. And, and I would think they would trust you more. Well, actually, uh, they do both. So, so they, they talk, do both trust you more and less, or and they trust, talk and look. Trust both more and less, and uh, they talk and look at the same time. So, I guess it's uh, all four. Depending on the agency and what they're trying to accomplish, really determines the behavior and the rapid uh, the rapidity of the adoption of whatever the technology that they're going for. We saw that when the uh, cloud first movement was was put forward. We're seeing it now with newer technologies like AI. I know we'll talk about that in a bit, but the uh, willingness and the drive to transform an agency and provide the latest capabilities for the uh, customers internally within an agency and then the citizens that are being served by the mission of that particular uh, agency's functions are directly related to how quickly they want to adopt that type of a change. And, you know, we can't ignore the sunken cost aspect of what agencies are looking at in legacy technologies that perhaps are not ready to move uh, agencies who really haven't come to grips with the architectural framework of a hybrid environment that reduces the risk for technologies such as ours that allows for an on-premise deployment of the technology in addition to our cloud services that are provisioned in our infrastructure. And that type of a hybrid approach really reduces the risk of putting workload into the cloud because it could be metered over time as the comfort level on both sides and the understanding of the controls and how they're operated uh, mature. The hybrid approach, I hear that time and again from CIOs, you know, the foot in both sides. And that in some ways is making the cloud easier because whatever data center that they're developing also is a quote unquote cloud. It may not be a cloud like you guys provide or others, but but it is a cloud in many respects. So maybe talk a little bit about that the, the need for FISMA High. Why are you seeing that trend as well? So that's something that is increasingly a requirement that used to be something that that was viewed as a nice-to-have capability for certain types of data. Now many agencies are making it a, a baseline uh, for FedRAMP and FISMA high controls to be on all data that's being put into the, uh, the commercial um, infrastructure. Previously, it was PII-type data, mission data that was uh, – Critically important, of course, anything with a social security number or personally identifiable information was really important to have the additional controls on. But now, because of recent cybersecurity concerns, almost every agency is viewing uh, government data, uh, particularly federal data, although it, it also applies, Jason, to the other highly regulated uh, markets that we service, whether that be healthcare, financials, banking, uh, pharmaceuticals, et cetera, who have highly secure proprietary data are also looking at these same types of controls. So FedRAMP is really uh, the focal point. It becomes more than a checkbox, which I think it, it may have been perceived as in the past, and is truly being used as a differentiating factor to make sure that the government is satisfied that controls and the commercial cloud service providers are equal to, or even perhaps better than what's being uh, applied on premise. Do you get a sense the reason why agencies want this extra layer of security, the FISMA high, is because they see the value of getting technology out more quickly because they want they see the value of re-looking at services in a way that let's just we need to predict the data because this can be used for so much more than just email or collaboration. 
Yeah, absolutely. We see a, a greater moving of uh, mission data into the cloud now, uh, where previously it was all business system type of data. Now there are actual mission delivery services that are being uh, hosted, particularly in companies like ServiceNow, which provides software as a service, the applications that are being developed on our platform and, and our native applications that are being configured are now providing uh, mission services across the agency, not just business system and IT uh, service management type of functions. So whether it falls into IT operations, if it falls into business management, HR, security, or developing custom applications. Agencies are looking for the wrapper of a FedRAMP high uh, certification on that data so they're comfortable putting actual mission-critical workload out into the commercial services arena. And we're actually seeing DOD is actually moving forward too. Of course, DISA provides the impact levels uh, in addition to the FedRAMP certifications. They're they're not equal, but they're similar. And we have to uh, meet all those controls as well in order to host DOD data. Why are agencies more comfortable with moving stuff to the cloud that's not just the back-end business systems, collaboration, email, and the like? Is this a, Can we tag back to the beginning of the conversation and then talk about FedRAMP because they're, they're more comfortable with security? Or is it just they realize that, that the cloud is the path to quicker, better, cheaper services? So there's a couple of reasons I think that are really critical for CIOs, and I think most of the CIOs are going through this type of a uh, decision matrix when they look at uh, moving workload in the cloud. Of course, the initial uh, impetus is to lower costs and, and increase the speed of delivery of services across the agency. Originally, it was very low-risk applications and, and services, which lent itself toward business management functions that were non-critical with the feeling that if there was a, an issue, it wasn't something that was going to hamper the mission of the agency. As CIOs and CISOs become more comfortable with the service delivery model that vendors are providing in FedRAMP certified environments, now now they're seeing the value of increasing the workload in that type of an environment because it ends up being much lower cost and provides a greater speed to deliver new processes and new capabilities within the cloud. But there's still differentiation, and and there's a cautionary in there that uh, CIOs are just now, I think, starting to wrestle with and question. uh, These are questions that I get from many CIOs, and particularly CISOs, and that is a differentiation in architectural approaches to how cloud services are being delivered because there's multi-tenant architectures and multi-instance architectures, which allow different uh, capabilities, visibility, and control when you talk about uh, any computing architecture. Our particular architecture has chosen a multi-instance approach, which basically means that every instance of the software platform has its own database. That allows us to give federal customers visibility and control down to the individual data tables. And that's really not possible with a multi-tenant architecture where uh, multiple customers are sharing a database. So it, it kind of changes the visibility control matrix decision framework for an agency as they're looking toward putting critical mission data into the commercial services, uh, being able to extend their their control, their, their cybersecurity posture into the vendor-provided uh, infrastructure is really critical when you get into those types of mission applications, and it's something that we strive to really provide to our federal customers. 
I think that's a great explanation of, of kind of the challenges agencies are facing and why they're looking from a different perspective. Bob, let's take a quick break. We can come back. We can continue our conversation and maybe delve into AI and machine learning in the workforce. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on federalnewsradio.com at 1500 a.m. Here's Brian Marvin, Vice President, Federal at ServiceNow. At ServiceNow, we're changing the way people work. From automated workflows to practical AI, our government customers get the benefit of new technology on a platform ready for use. With the FedRAMP certified cloud, ServiceNow takes the risk out of cloud adoption. Agencies experience unprecedented control over their data while reducing cost and complexity. ServiceNow, helping agencies reach their goals now and exceed them in the future. To learn more, visit servicenow.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Bob Osborne, the Chief Technology Officer for Federal for ServiceNow. But before break, we were talking about cloud, cloud security, and really the reason why there's a, a bigger focus, if you will, on agencies and moving to FISMA High and getting uh, cloud services like your like ServiceNow that are reaching that level of controls. And you actually made an interesting comment earlier on I want to just tag back to briefly, was the cost. All of a sudden, there's this new investment that folks like ServiceNow have to make. How big of a change is that for you guys? Are you, were you guys at moderate saying, okay, it's going to cost us X to keep up to, to the moderate level? Now it's X plus 5%, 10%, 80%. What's that cost differential? Well, it's really interesting, and it's uh, a business case that has to be developed by any company that's going to go into the FedRAMP certification process. Uh, the controls are, are very demanding, as they should be for federal data. What really presented a lot of challenges for us as a company. Um, I mentioned in the previous section that, that we have a differentiated architecture by having a multi-instance approach where every instance of the platform uh, software has its own database supporting those applications, including the custom developed applications. Because of this multi-instance approach, many of the controls that were designed that, that FISMA designated that the FedRAMP program office has adopted were written around a, a multi-tenant architecture. So we had to go through a lot of uh, storming and norming with uh, the FedRAMP office to make sure through our 3PAO that everyone understood how the how the controls would be implied, applied to the uh, multi-instance architecture. When we went through that process for our FedRAMP moderate certification, it was a big lift for the company. So we were a small company at the time. Uh, we recognized the value of our, our software and, and providing enterprise services. To the federal government, we, we partnered with our customer in making sure that it was of value to them before we embarked on that investment, and then we did so. Uh, it was a long, hairy deal. I, it took us a long, a lot longer than we had anticipated, and, and it, of course, time equates to money in any business. So now when we made our decision to go to FedRAMP High and the uh, impact level four for the uh, DOD, that's another totally different investment package and another business case had to be developed because uh, those controls require a lot more segmentation and a lot less shared infrastructure on the tools that are used to manage the data centers that ServiceNow operates around the world. As you probably remember, we do paired data centers uh, to give our customers a maximum availability. We run every customer has two separate production instances into geographically separated data centers so that we can point the URL between those two to do patches, fixes, upgrades, 
So there's virtually no downtime under that type of an approach. It's a little more costly, of course, to run two data centers, but it really gives them ultimate flexibility control and uh, security to our customers to do so. So when we had to duplicate basically what we had already done in the FedRAMP moderate uh, certification to go to a FedRAMP high and a DOD impact level four, that was a significant investment. So we had to do a complete business case, as I mentioned previously, before we embarked on that. And we did. We're in that process right now, and we're working through uh, that certification with the FedRAMP program office. The reason why FedRAMP high and they're so much interested in it, is the power of the cloud. And we talked a little bit about that. But what agencies also see now is the, the power of the cloud. And uh, when you add other emerging technologies, artificial intelligence, machine learning, maybe talk a little bit about that intersection that's happening now as, as AI and machine learning, the acceptance of it really is growing. So it's really, a, you know, it's peanut butter and chocolate, right? I mean, they really go well together, particularly for me. I really enjoy that combination. When you look at being able to apply new technologies, of course, the software as a service model is is all around that, right? So SaaS is all about uh, keeping up with technology, new technology insertion uh, through subscriptions. You're continually being upgraded uh, in the capabilities of technology that's being provided by a cloud service provider. And then the addition of new technologies as they emerge and they're uh, integrated into the environment. So when we do our two releases a year, we do a major and a minor. So the minor is continually uh, upgrading and improving the applications that are native on the platform, in addition to the capabilities for the uh, custom application development uh, and DevOps on the platform. And then we insert new technologies during our major release. Uh, So we we name ours after cities. So we're currently in our FedRAMP federal private cloud. We're at the Kingston release. And we're just now are announcing our London release in the commercial market, and that'll be uh, later this fall. And hopefully before Christmas, we'll have that certified through the Federal Program Office and available to our federal customers. It's really a paradigm shift for federal agencies to look at how they forklift or move workload into the cloud when they start to consider being able to take advantage of newer emerging technologies. You mentioned two of them that are on everyone's uh, dashboard right now, and that is machine learning and artificial intelligence. So in order for those technologies to really work well, uh, data has to be aggregated somewhere so that you can run the scripts on that data and get the uh, outcomes that you're looking for. So federal agencies are, are challenged with kind of creating data stores that this technology can be used against. And that aggregation of data creates another issue when you talk about cybersecurity. So these higher uh, levels of FedRAMP certification and impact levels for the DOD are critical as you start to apply new technologies because you're actually aggregating data that might have been in disparate databases previously, which from a cybersecurity perspective may be a good thing. But it has to be aggregated for these new technologies to really work well, particularly when you're talking about enterprise services such as we address in ServiceNow. So that aggregation of data naturally would require a higher security uh, profile around that data. And then having it common with a common data model and application logic like we provide to our customers really allow you to start to get the real promise of machine learning around that and then applying artificial intelligence to move from reactive and and lagging indicators in your data uh, and and actually uh, reactive management for the agency into a proactive management profile where you're getting uh, assistance 
from artificial and, and uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning in being proactive managers so that you can actually preempt outages uh, within the IT environment. You can see trends and you can apply those to different businesses. We see this in our commercial market significantly, particularly in the uh, commercial retail. Uh, some of the largest retailers in the country utilize the ServiceNow platform to be able to predict uh, where different uh, commodities might be consumed based upon seasonality and holidays, uh, where workers should be for uh, various uh, influx of additional workload. Uh, a great example is uh, one of the major sports leagues actually utilizes our platform to plan and, and uh, assign uh, referees for various uh, sporting events around the country. So it's a use case that isn't commonly associated with us, but it's actually something that works really well. That's a very interesting use case uh, the, from the sports leagues and referees because they'll know where the games are and how many they need, and, and but having that AI. I, I want to talk about the workforce, but before I do that, just a quick question. The interest in AI and machine learning from an outsider's perspective like mine, I see a, a huge interest. There's every CIO I talk to. Are you hearing the same thing, or are they you know, stepping their toes in it and not quite ready to go shin-deep and knee-deep? A few years ago... Every time I talked to a, a CIO or a CISO or I went to a conference and I heard folks talking, it was, it was always about, you know, we, we need to move to the cloud, the cloud, the cloud. And now it's it's AI, AI, AI. So uh, everybody is is talking about it. When I, when I speak with CIOs in particular, they're examining how they can take advantage of this new technology. But one of the challenges that they face is something that uh, all CIOs have, have faced for quite a while, and it's what I dealt with when I was uh, in the federal government, and that is when you're presented with a new technology, particularly groundbreaking like artificial intelligence and machine learning, it's left up to the agency to determine, does this technology apply to my mission and, and the outcomes that I'm trying to drive in my agency? And then they have to determine uh, if that can be imported into the environment through acquisition and has to be integrated with everything else in the environment. And then a business outcome or a mission outcome has to be determined uh, in order to actually uh, take advantage of that technology. That's normally done by hiring a, a uh, company that'll do an assessment of all the offerings in that particular uh, technology, such as AI, what flavor of AI works for me and how can I take advantage of that and then procure it and do all those other functions. That's a really hard, expensive, time-consuming process. So you've got this new thing, this new technology. We're referring to AI here. Uh, and by the time the government can actually get it imported and actually take advantage of the uh, business outcomes that they're looking for, it's a year to two years later. That's simply unacceptable in technology. Everybody agrees on that. So our company has taken a different approach. We, uh, we have utilized what we call uh, practical AI. So our artificial intelligence and machine learning engines are embedded in our platform. Uh, with our London release, which I mentioned is just coming out here this fall in our FedRAMP environment, uh, it's native to the platform. So we've removed the, the challenges that CIOs face with having to identify uh, which AI will work, how I acquire and integrate it, and uh, they can focus on what business outcomes they're looking for or what mission outcomes the AI can actually help them with. And then they uh, align the scripts with the technology, run the workflows through the engine, and it, uh, it, it provides those outcomes for them. So it's a much faster way to take advantage of new technologies when you adopt this type of a platform approach to modernization and innovation within your agency. And then uh, 
we do that for them as part of the offerings and subscriptions that we provide. You opened a Pandora's box of so much more to talk about. Unfortunately, though, we are out of time for today. So let me thank my guest, Bob Osborne, the Chief Technology Officer of Federal for ServiceNow. Bob, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks a lot, Jason. You've been listening to the discussion, Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I've been your host, Jason Miller. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search innovation. Thank you for listening to the Innovation in Government show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. The entire discussion can be found on demand at Federal News Radio, keyword innovation.